0: now it feels to wake up every day and do your very best to uphold the values that this country claims to hold dear, truth, honor, decency, only to have those efforts met by scorn, not just by your fellow citizens, but by a sitting president. Why do left-wing rich ladies get so breathy when they make political videos? (laughs) Tucker Carlson <laughs> I, off my way. I spit out my whatever I was drinking when he did that last night. Last night's entire opening segment was hilarious. Oh, oh
1: boy. Really good. Well, as long as we're here, let's play 60. More Michelle Obama.
0: Only a tiny fraction of demonstrations have had any violence at all. So what the president is doing is once again patently false. It's morally wrong. And yes, it is racist. Yeah, it's racist. Here in Martha's Vineyard in our $12 million
1: house, things are fine. Edgartown's not on fire. Oak Bluff seems totally peaceful. Soul Cycle's open. Like, what's the problem?
0: I know more people whose businesses were damaged by protesters than I do people that have COVID and uh, michelle uh,
1: nobody's worried about nobody's angry about nobody's talking about the peaceful protests nobody cares except to the extent that all of us right left and center support people's right to protest it's the Beatings. It's the smashing heads with a bike lock. It's the setting fires. It's the hurling bricks at cops. It's having pallets full of bricks delivered to the mostly peaceful protests. You lying liar. You are making an argument against uh, an argument that doesn't exist. Well, who, it's racist, of course. Everything that opposes you and your agenda is racist. Yeah, we've got we've figured that out.
0: Who's that uh, black woman we did that event with that's so popular on the Candace right? Candace Owens. Candace Owens. She was yeah. on Tucker last night talking about the Michelle Obama video, and uh, they uh, she brought up and I thought this was a good point, a good thing to remember that Michelle's husband Barack, when he was uh, running for president in two thousand eight, um, they asked him if if you lose, do you think it's because the country wasn't ready for a black president? Which today, and most people would answer, of course, Hillary Clinton still says the reason she lost is because the country's not ready for a female president, which is hilarious. Poor woman is going to die deluded. Um, so asked deluded, deluded. They asked Barack Obama, if you lose, it's because the country's not ready for a black president. And he said, no, it'd be because I didn't get my message out there cro- properly. I didn't do a good job of explaining my vision. Mm-hmm freaking great answer. How many votes did he get because he said that? It's a manly answer. How many votes did he get because he said that versus the tone of voice of his wife that clearly it's racism involved in all these different things.
1: Hey, the race card is hot. It's crazy hot right now, so you play it. Never mind if it divides Americans, pits them against each other, uh, uh, perpetrates an enormous lie,
0: as long as it gets you the the Senate. Well, and while the organization's called Black Lives Matter, all the people that I mostly see smashing stuff are white people, so they're white college kids
1: oh hey on that topic you need to follow us on the twitter e- even if you're not on
0: twitter we can teach you how to use twitter so it doesn't make you insane and angry uh I, I like that i like that your assumption that we don't have more twitter followers is that people don't know how to use twitter i'm gonna go with that. <laughs> well that's part of it um
1: i tweeted something i retweeted something
0: last night and that they don't and not that they don't want to see my breakfast on a sunday morning I
1: retweeted something last night that made me laugh on and off for 45 minutes, and if I watched it again now, I would start laughing again.
0: Was it the Leprechaun with the Fleetwood Mac song? No, although that was outstanding. That is so funny. The guys (laughs) have you seen the lucky charms all over the ground? Oh my God! You've got to see the leprechaun on the skateboard with the Fleetwood Mac You ought to follow
1: us on the Twitter. (laughs) That is funny. So I don't know if you're aware of this, and we'll we'll get to the antitrust stuff we promised in a second. But there there is a a kind of a subcategory of viral vids of of woke chicks. Your are so major white suburban chicks Wait, in their on. cars screaming about
0: Trump and his racism. I can't take it anymore.
1: And each of these social degree chicks tries to out shriek each other. Right. Well, it's a four panel video. Three of them are some of the most viral <laughs> woke chicks, Screaming about Trump and racism. And the fourth panel is some sort of howler monkey. (laughs) 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 Oh, it's the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. We had to post it at armstrongandgetty.com. But if you follow us on the Twitter, you've already seen it.
0: You see the leprechaun with the Fleetwood Mac song. He's on his skateboard, but he doesn't have cranberry juice. He's (laughs) drinking straight out of the Lucky Charms box. Yes, I've done that. (laughs) Yes, so have I. Yes. At any rate. Then you'd chase it with a swig of milk. Be oh. <laughs>
1: Uh Tim Sanford, Tim, the uh, lawyer from the uh, Goldwater Institute, who is a frequent correspondent with the Armstrong and Getty Show, guest, etc., and a longtime friend. Uh, he was tweeting about uh, big tech and the antitrust laws and the hearings in Congress and the rest of it, and he unleashed a, 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 a Twitter thread, as they say, Uh, Citing cases and and, uh, technical stuff And very interesting Very thick stuff if you're into it But a guy tweeted at him Dude you know regular people can't understand you (laughs) And Tim And this is Tim's great gift uh, Said I do So here's the simple version And he explains it in ways that uh, dunderheads like ourselves can understand Back in the nineteen 1930- thirties. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Back in the nineteen thirties, the idea in antitrust law was basically that it was illegal for a business to be big. How did a business get big? Most got big by charging low prices and providing goods and services people liked. So you got cases like the Alcoa case of nineteen forty-five, where the business was convicted because it was a well-run business that was so well run, others got out competed. Being outcompeted was considered a bad thing under the antitrust laws of those days. Uh, charging prices that were too low was considered bad. I would point out that that was a, uh, uh, you know, back in the early 20th century, during the trust buster uh, Teddy Roosevelt era, they were trying to tear down big, nasty, anti-competitive monopolies. But like most ideas in politics, once it was successful, it wasn't abandoned. It just got more and more like steroidal. So the progressive crusaders decided that they would tear down anything that was big. So that's what Tim was talking about. Then came the so-called Chicago school, a group which is differentiated from you, they bring a knife, you bring a gun. That's the Chicago way. That's the Chicago way, not the Chicago school. The so-called Chicago school is a group of lawyers and economists who said, Hey, it makes no sense for the government to punish businesses for charging low prices and providing good innovative stuff. The focus of our law should instead be on consumer welfare, which means making things cheap and plentiful. If companies do things that don't make stuff cheap and plentiful, we can go after them. But if companies are just competing, that's a good thing, even if it means their competitors get driven out of business. Yay! The result was basically the last 40 years of increased prosperity and innovation. This proposal, he's talking about the tech thing, like much of the talk in the universities nowadays, is to go back to the old way and eliminate the consumer welfare standard. That would make antitrust what it was in the 1930s, a weapon to be used by businesses that can't compete fairly and ambitious politicians who want to look like crusaders when in reality they're a bunch of cronies and parasites. You do not want this to happen. And then I will retweet the article he uh, posted Antitrust Basics, Rules of Reason, Standard versus Consumer uh, Welfare. The difficulty with tech is that it is a mix of all sorts of stuff. They're not selling aluminum, um, they're selling information services and search engines and, and email and the rest of it. Then they're selling your data to zillions of different people, and they are buying up and crushing competitors. And at what point it becomes anti-competitive is a little difficult to tell, especially if you're not really up to your ears immersed in in tech.
0: How do all those companies get lumped together, though? They all do such different
1: things. They have commonalities because of the way they, they sell ads and data and buy up competitors and stuff like that. But I am now officially up, oh, beep. Beep, beep at the end of my uh, knowledge chain. It's uh, I'm, I'm not not only am I not an expert, I'm not even a particularly well-informed layman on on the the real specifics of the antitrust legislation. I need to read more about it. All I know is uh, they have outsized power influence and a lot of it's secret and a lot of it's dishonest and they are evil. On the other hand, if they're simply big and better, no, of course I don't want the government to intercede there. Of course not. But I see an evildoer with enormous power, and I do want to look at it.
0: So, We're playing Van Halen music all morning long or all day long because uh, Eddie Van Halen died yesterday at age 65. He did. Um,
1: Temperamental artist type, but love the uh, the art, not the artist, as they say. Yeah. Plus you don't know what a per a so-called
0: celebrity no is. Idea. You have, you no, have idea. no idea. What a cute couple he and Valerie Bertinelli were back in the 80s though, huh? Oof. You can't get a cuter couple than that. Eddie was a pretty pretty
1: man and, and until, she was as hot as anybody in the world. Please. Uh until smoking just I mean there are pictures of him from the 90s where he had tiny little brown teeth. He barely had teeth at all. <laughs> what?
0: I mean Again, the the the, going over the the cancer stick. Going over the dental situation of the recently deceased. Well, I, okay, probably could have waited a day. So he's a teenager, he buys a cheap crappy guitar body and a cheap crappy guitar neck and throws it together and starts welding stuff together and blowing right. up pickups and all that sort of stuff. Gets a patent along the way, applies for a bunch of patents. The Frankenstrat. Well, what an interesting dude. Yes. And yeah. then he's afraid people are going to steal his ideas so he covers his guitar in all kinds of weird plastic and tape and everything like that so nobody mm-hmm. can see what's going on which is hilarious also. The son of Dutch immigrants. We're a nation of immigrants, Jack. Yeah, uh, I, signed stupid people. Yeah, so his son tweeted out yesterday, uh you know, something really nice about his dad which is cool. So apparently they had a really good relationship. That's yep. nice to
1: see. You know, that speaks volumes to me.
0: That, absolutely. On the
1: terms of He wh- couldn't get along with David Lee Roth, but his son loved him. I yeah. admired him.
0: Yeah. Fine. Yeah. Fine. Exactly. Because, you know, come on. Come on. <laughs> David Lee Roth looks like he's completely insane. Yes, he <laughs> the, does. The, yes, he the does. More, yes. The more modern version. I was watching a, uh, the, them sing jump on Ellen like a couple of years ago. <laughs> David Lee Roth looks seriously looks like an escaped mental
1: patient. <laughs> His eyes radiate. <laughs> Insane. He just
0: has this big smile on you. Yeah, he
1: around. he really looks like a crazy person. He's a hellacious songwriter, but a, a crazy person.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Anyway, our tribute is to to Eddie, not to David Lee Roth.
1: No, indeed. When David passes, I will be wearing my uh, striped spandex pants in in a loving tribute to him,
0: and uh, suspenders with no uh,
1: shirt. Oof. I thought I
0: considered doing I that today. I don't
1: if... think I should do that. <laughs> at least I need a halter top or something.
0: Um, We got some updates on the COVID. Unfortunately, uh, Facebook, speaking of the big tech, is cracking down on QAnon, whatever that means. Oh, and California, Unicornia, with its most mockable COVID
1: policy yet, being guffawed at coast to coast and around the globe. Stay tuned. You'll love it.
2: Armstrong.
0: I know you get killed by some people for saying you like any of the Van Hagar, Van Halen. Meh, nah. but I like, I like it. My son said yesterday though, it's too poppy for me. So wow, can I hang out with him? <laughs> I thought Joe would like that. Yeah,
1: just listen to Diver Down today. For um, the album. That
0: rocks. This is uh, this is from Good Morning America. This is one of the most drastic policy changes Facebook has made in its history. The social network banning any groups, pages or Instagram accounts linked to QAnon. And this is a group, a movement that started about three years ago based on the conspiracy theory that a cabal of Satan worshipping, child sex trafficking, child eating politicians and A-list celebrities. That's the part I wanted to get in there. Mm.
1: Child eating. There are a number of celebrities who are known for child ingestion, Jack. <clears throat> so Tom gonna, Hanks, for one. So you're going to ban every group now that's into child
0: eating, I suppose. Oh, great. I thought this was America. To I guess I was wrong. QAnon is not into child eating. They are concerned that child eaters oh, are right. too entrenched in so our they're, rivers they're actually, they're actually So we're banning
1: the groups that are it's a re- seeking out. And, and exposing the child trying to draw eating.
0: attention to it, so Facebook is in effect de facto pro child eating. I don't know how else you would put it. I think that's fair. Yeah, Um I don't have any problem with trying to keep violence up, but are you are you? I, I sure have seen a lot of videos with uh, you know, f the police, hope you all die. You know, your your mama should have aborted you. That sort of stuff. Yes. Is that okay? Because that's
1: yes. There's plenty over that. the top. Yes, and lots of great guitar players tweet stuff like that all the time. Uh, speaking of Eddie Van Halen, the interesting thing about the whole QAnon deal is it's it's multi layered. It reminds me of like that Pepe the Frog foolishness and the rest of it. Y- you have some people who actually believe it. Some people who think it's hilarious and they amplify it because they think it's so funny how many other people believe it. Right. That, that is that is interesting. Then you have the ironic people who are mocking those who are mocking those who. Yeah. And, and, and so a lot yeah. of what you see posted, people are like child eating pizza places. That's hilarious. So they amplify it. Right. And then there are certain numbers and just Internet conspiracy, you know, going way down deep in the rabbit hole world in general. Then there are people whose heads are a tad pliable that believe a lot of
0: it. But I wonder what percentage that is. I have no clue. I bet it's pretty small. Yeah. I bet there are more people that do it ironically or can you believe this yes. than there are that uh, actually are just like it's the news.
1: Yeah, I, like the whole Pepe the Frog is a symbol of white supremacist. That was like 10% white supremacists and 90% people who thought it was funny to get CNN to say it was. <laughs> right. Yeah, so welcome to the meta 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 world of the interwebs. Speaking of which, uh, there is great mockery and so well deserved right now. Cal Unicornia, which is a combination of fevered progressivism and, 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 and unfortunately, uh, they, uh, the people of California elected a very handsome man who, it turns out, is a half-wit. And um, he doesn't know much about not much. He seems to be a nice enough fellow. But he just, hmm. California's out with a new program, a poster. COVID-19 dinner tip number one. Do your part to keep those around you healthy. Put on your, when you're out to eat, going out to eat with members of your household this weekend? Dinner table events. That's right, Mitt. First of all, they make it clear you can only go out to eat with members of your household. Don't forget to keep your mask on in between
0: bites. Is anybody actually doing that? Minim- you take a bite, you put the mask back up while you chew, pull it down, take a bite. And then, in case you are so
1: stupid, You can't hear or read the words in between bites and comprehend it. They have helpful pictures. On, woman is sitting there with a book. Off, her fork is going into her cake hole. (laughs) cake hole. On, (laughs) as she puts her fork down again. Okay, so uh, I keep it off until I take a bite. Did I jab my fork right into my mask, right? No, no, no. Take another look at the picture. Oh, Lord. Armstrong
2: and Getty.
0: Apple is now involved in a pretty interesting lawsuit. Listen to this.
1: Apple is suing a former recycling partner in Canada for allegedly not doing its job. Apple claims the recycling company actually resold more than 100,000 iPhones, iPads, and Apple Watches that it was supposed to destroy.
0: Apple was like, hey, reselling the same phone over and over is our thing. (laughs) Hey, now what? I'm
1: actually interested in that story. I mean, wait a minute now. You gave me something of... uh, you know, value that you thought was low, I thought it was higher, so I did something different with it. If they had a contract to recycle it, what the hell does Apple care once it's out of their hands? I don't know. Isn't the contractual obligation to take it out of their hands? Mm. I think the only analysis again is. <laughs>
0: I think the only difference would be: was there an assumption that the recycling process was also getting rid of the information that was on those phones, or if they were wiped yeah, they could be wiped? But yeah, yeah that uh, makes uh, sense. On the that makes sense.
1: other hand, Apple could say, "Well, we had an expectation they would be trashed to prevent them from entering the market
0: and thereby devaluing." Blah blah blah. Right. Okay. Right. So I hate our politics, uh, so does everybody else, but we all engage in it because we think it's the other side that is causing it to be this way, I guess.
1: Well, and once you're in a war, there's little time and room for uh, you know reaching out, I guess.
0: I hope that if Trump loses, we at some point get away from, uh, wait a second, what does the president think of it? Oh, he does. Well, then I'm against it, regardless. The president of what it is. is for
1: petting puppies lovingly. Well, then I say
0: kick them or the reverse. I right. hope that we can get away from that. I don't. I don't know if our culture is going to change on that or not. But so he came out on the balcony, takes off his mask, and then he is a little and he says, "Don't be afraid of the COVID." And people lost their minds or whatever. Right. But anyway, so right. this happened. Um, the. Great Barrington Declaration came out this week. You probably haven't heard about this because it doesn't, I hate to say, fit the media narrative, but it doesn't fit the media narrative. What Trump said is actually correct. According to about 5,000 medical and health scientists and practitioners from around the world, that put out a statement this week to try to say, hey, to the world, we've got to learn to live with the COVID. Don't be afraid of COVID. What the president said is basically what they're saying. Organized by a Harvard guy, an Oxford guy, and a Stanford guy, and again, 2,300 medical and health scientists and 2,500 practitioners. What did they say, among other things, in this declaration? They described their approach as focused protection, but it's essentially what Sweden has done, and even the World Health Organization is now recommending many European leaders, including French President Emmanuel Macron are slowly embracing it, though it still remains heresy on the American left because Trump's for it. Right. The collateral damage from government lockdowns include lower childhood vaccination rates, worsening cardiovascular disease outcomes, fewer cancer screenings and deteriorating mental health, leading to greater excess mortality in years to come, with the working class and younger members of society carrying the heaviest burden. Keeping students out of school is a grave injustice, the declaration says. Keeping these measures in place until a vaccine is available will cause irreparable damage, with the underprivileged disproportionately harmed, by the way. Reams of public health data and medical literature agree the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention estimates that there have been almost 100,000 non-COVID excess deaths this year. Wow. Including 40-some thousand from cardiovascular conditions, about 11,000 from diabetes, and 3,700 from cancer, many due to government shutdowns of non-essential medical care. Public health survey also shows depression levels, substance abuse, and drug overdoses have spiked amid rising unemployment. A quarter of 18 to 24-year-olds in June said they had increased substance use to cope with the, panic of the pandemic. We're going to listen to the experts. OK, listen to all the experts, right? Pediatricians have reported a worrying rise in child abuse and accidental injuries from school closures, which have resulted in a stunted learning and emotional growth. I know that's happening with my kids, not the um, abuse, but the stunted learning and emotional stunted growth.
1: stunted learning and emotional growth of our children, who, by the way, are at nearly zero risk from the covid. Yes, I know they could spread it to grandma. Keep them
0: away from grandma.
1: A new st- Have them draw grandma a grandma picture and get back to school.
0: A new Stanford study finds that students across 19 states in the spring lost from 57 to 183 days of learning in reading and 136 to 230 days of learning in math. I don't know how you ever make that up. You probably don't. As the great Barrington authors explain, vulnerability to death from COVID-19 is more than a thousand-fold higher in the old and infirm than the young. Indeed, for children, COVID-19 is less dangerous than many other harms, including the flu. 67 children under age 15 in the U.S. have died from COVID-19, only 67. Our goal should therefore be to minimize mortality and social harm until we reach herd immunity, they write. That means protecting the elderly and high-risk individuals, for instance, frequent testing of nursing home staff, but also reopening schools, colleges, restaurants, and businesses with reasonable precautions. The virus isn't going away even if Joe Biden wins. This is the Wall Street Journal saying this. Uh, And perhaps not even with a vaccine. Better treatments and protocols have improved outcomes enormously. Um, we, We should link the entire piece that all these doctors signed on to. It's called the Great Barrington Declaration. Again, and it was a an Oxford dude, a Stanford dude, and a Harvard dude that put it together.
1: These well, and the signatories are a who's who right. of
0: enormous respect. You in the world of medicine, you should no longer get away with anything within a hundred miles of saying. I follow the science or listen to the experts. That is, I almost said bull, I almost said the word. I wish you That had. is complete bull-ess. That yeah. is complete bull I hear that coming out of your mouth, Gavin Newsom or Nancy Pelosi or whoever. You're freaking lying to me and my kids when you say we're following the experts, we're following the science. No, you're not. Yeah. No, you're not. Yeah. You're following the ones that fit in with the Trump's bad because he's for it crowd, which is just as... disingenuous is practically anything that's happened in my life. Destroying businesses, kids not learning, people dying. And as as these scientists point out, it's the underprivileged, you're supposedly the champion of this crowd, that are getting hurt the most. I can afford, I got my kid into a different school at great expense so he can be in class, but not everybody can do that. And what's interesting is the whole, the
1: underprivileged and minorities argument is so often thrown around as an excuse for the government to take more control. This is an argument for the government to control less, to let those people live their lives, to let our people live their lives, make our living, and the rest of it. Meanwhile, I flipped to CNN on the way into work, just out of habit, just to see what they're jabbering about. I might as well just burn myself with a cigarette instead. But I, I flipped to CNN. It is a nonstop orgy of fear-mongering. They literally, their business model is to make you as afraid as you possibly can be. Yeah. In defiance of all uh, you know, the statistics and the reality of the thing.
0: That's the media, and the media does what it does, and I hate it, but the government officials that are continuing to go along with the you can't have your business open. Attorney General Barr was right. It's the greatest theft of freedom since slavery in this country. You can't open your business. You can't send your kid to school. That's just incredible. I have, you can't make a living and your kids can't learn because I say so. I have ready two major
1: featurettes of that sort ready to go later in the show today. I want to tell you about very briefly. Um, they're worth staying tuned for or grabbing on the podcast. and We'll tell you how to do that in a second.
0: How about when we come back from this little tiny break? Yeah. Our continuing series of advice for Michael with his wedding this weekend from Jerry Seinfeld.
1: All right. Very good. First, a quick word from our friends at CarShield, who offer a wide range of protection plans that can save you thousands for covered automotive repairs. If your car is off the warranty or is just about to go off the warranty, oh man, Car Shield is peace of mind at a reasonable price.
0: This is really catching on and growing fast. Car Shield has helped over a million drivers. That's why they're America's number one auto protection company now. I think the coverage is great. And you can choose your favorite mechanic, even if you're on vacation somewhere else or wherever you do. But the fact you can sign up so quickly and get out of it if you want to, I think people really like that. I think that's the model for the future. Wait a minute. They don't tell me where to take my car
1: for the repair. I get to choose my favorite? Fantastic. Don't dread car repairs anymore. Go with CarShield at CarShield.com. Use the code Armstrong. Save 10%. That's CarShield.com. Use the code Armstrong or kick it old school. Call 1-800-CAR-6000. It's 1-800-CAR-6000. Remember, the code Armstrong
0: for car shield. So Michelangelo's getting married this weekend. You got how many days left as a single person? Four. Yeah, and you need advice from a man who's been married for years, like Jerry Seinfeld, on his uh, Netflix special. The female brain
1: is cooking all the time. There's nothing the female brain cannot do. It will solve all problems of earth and life. Having completed that, it will move on to the hypothetical. <laughs> theoretical situations that may or may not occur. The female needs to know how you might respond. If you faked your own death and I found out about it, what would you say then? (laughs) What are we talking about now? Oh, I dreamt the whole thing last night, so don't deny it. <laughs> oh, oh, that's funny. Gary Dietrich coming up in moments with some nonpartisan analysis of the, well, the Veep debate and everything no, that's Veep going on. The Veep, de- the Veep stakes, Jack.
2: Oh, whatever. This is a critical
0: moment. No, it's you not. You cynic.
2: <laughs> Armstrong and Getty. To
0: being able to debate him, but I just hope all the protocols are followed. Was
2: necessary at the time. I think if he still has COVID, we shouldn't have a debate.
1: Cracker uh, <laughs> That would be Joseph R. Biden, D. Delaware,
0: who was already a U.S. senator and almost in his second term when Van Halen put out their first album. <laughs>
1: Not a joke. Good which times. Is,
0: which is amazing.
1: Joe sure, Biden talking about the debate on the 15th, which may well happen if the POTUS recovers from the COVID. Uh, on the other hand, the veeps are squaring off tonight. Ah, Does whatever. anybody care? No. Hey, you settle down over there. Gary Dietrich joins us. Gary is a nonpartisan political analyst. You can follow him on the Twitter machine at, at Gary Dietrich. Uh, Gary, how are you, sir?
2: Hey, good morning, guys. And I can tell Jack, you're in rare form, buddy. And I understand I'm not even going to mention the words, you know, what I. VP something or other. I'm not going to even. say
1: will we'll mention what we tell you to mention. I'm now, gl- here's the <laughs> here's, I'm glad Joe's <laughs> willing to watch the debate cuz I ain't. Is there any conceivable outcome of the Veep debate that alters the race? I mean with like not there- space aliens attacking. Within reasonable yeah, I do think
2: there- you know. Yeah, I, sorry, sorry to step in there Joe. I really I, I really do think there is. Uh, I I I think in light of what has happened in the last week um, you know, people said the, the presidential debate wasn't going to move the polls. And, in fact, it did. Yeah, Jack we did. can talk a little bit about the numbers, <laughs> but it did. And and tonight, tonight, I think particularly because of the questions that have been out there, and let's just say it, about Biden forever and ever, going to be the oldest president in history if he gets elected. And he, remember, he is not public. Today points this out today. He has not publicly committed to serving out or even running for a second term. That has continued to keep the questions out there about Kamala Harris, her approach to politics, her ability to be president, how much they would like or dislike that. And I think that certainly hangs out there. And then, of course, when it comes to our the president's diagnosis and everything else, you know, there's, there's increasing question marks that, look at could Mike Pence step into the job, get it done immediately when needed? So I think tonight's debate seriously has more at stake than it would have at the past. And with last week's debacle, I think – I think people want to hear, Jesus, is there anything substantive your campaigns want to tell us before we vote? If the needle did get moved
0: as much as the polls indicate last week by the debate, why do you what do you think moved the needle?
2: Well, I think that, you know, if you're if you're listening to the generalized narrative, Jack, it was that, you know, people thought the thing was a disaster. But, you know, if you look at the polls, two thirds of voters blamed Trump for the debacle more than Biden. And so, you know, there there was that. I I think people felt um, like it wasn't what was advertised and what they were tuning in for. And for whatever reasons, um, they really went after the president in terms of the accusations that, well, you guys just blew this entire thing.
0: I think he had the COVID already. I think that's why he was so sweaty. And I think he was doing that thing we all do if we're working when we're a little sick, where we... You know, try to overcompensate a little.
1: A little snippy, overcompensate, right. Meanwhile, uh, Joe Biden did not come off as
0: senile. He well, is senile. Think... He just didn't come off as senile. Right.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, you know what? There is, what was really interesting to me, guys, there are some people that follow Biden really closely. I mean, are at every one of his events, et cetera, et cetera. And it, I heard one guy say, I had my mouth open. I mean, I expected Joe Biden, he always stumbles. He always makes well, mistakes. Well, Trump didn't
0: let him. If Trump would have let him fill out a full 2-minute answer, he would have stumbled right, at but, some point. But what does this guy say,
2: Gary? Well, he said that uh, Biden acquitted himself in a way that this guy found remarkable. He said he just somehow rose to the occasion. Yeah, and you have a good point, Jack. Yeah, he got, got a shot of Adderall in his ass. It. And he never had to talk more
0: than 10 seconds. Right. That's the key to the whole thing. Yeah. If Trump would let him speak, he should say, uh, give, give Biden a couple more money. He can have my two minutes. Let him talk guys, for quite
2: Guys, I want to share with you to me the most remarkable number that is not being talked about at all right now on the national media. And you guys know me. I'm coming in with full-scale objectivity, right. nonpartisan. I do, not have, I do not have a battle zone in this race. But here's the deal. Yes, the numbers have moved. If you look at the real clear politics, which is the most respectable average, I think we all typically agree, 2.5 point. Uh, swing in the biden direction in terms of overall who would you vote for and even in the battleground uh polling about a point point and a half but get this compared to 2016 which everybody said you know that's the benchmark about how trump could come back or not he is a half point better in the battleground average than he was at this exact moment four years ago
1: that's amazing Now, Jack counters that usually, if I might uh, step in, uh, with the fact that the number of undecided voters is a great deal lower, so there's a smaller pool to draw from to turn it around.
2: Well, honestly, if you look at the the, uh, numbers going into last Tuesday's debate, a full 13% said they could have their minds changed by the debate. So I know people find that remarkable, but there still could well be Five to 10 percent of people that haven't decided. But, guys, I really don't think that's the key number. Undecided, yes, they're important. I think far more important in this particular campaign is the enthusiasm gap. Whose voters are actually going to turn out? That is what's really going to be key. Because, you know, you get 10 percent of your people that slough off. Oh, man, Trump just so disappointed me. Listen, I worked on a campaign where that happened. The candidate really messed up the debate. And not only voters, not only are volunteers, but staff people had this dejected look, and some of them just checked out. And to me, mo- momentum for four weeks from yesterday is going to be absolutely key. Getting the votes, act- votes actually cast is going to be essential.
1: Gary Dietrich is a nonpartisan political analyst on the line. Follow him at Gary Dietrich on Twitter.
0: My my belief is Joe Biden as a long time member of the Senate he doesn't want to pack the court he doesn't want to do away with the filibuster but if Kamala Harris is president she would what do you think
2: Well I think there's going to be tremendous pressure uh to do both of those certainly on Biden and whether he caves to that or not Jack is going to be a very important question You know I know you guys uh I know you guys like uh, Congressman Tom McCleldock have him on regularly I was at a candidate's forum, moderating it last night, where he was the keynote. Started out the thing, and boy, he voiced voiced, voiced very serious concerns about both of those. That if the Biden Harris ticket gets elected, you know, his view is forget all the rest of the issues. Okay, those two are really oh what it's no all kidding,
0: about. no kidding.
2: And one more, guys, and one more. And this is we haven't heard much about this, but it is it is growing, particularly amongst Democratic ranks, and that is officially giving statehood. So for example DC or Puerto Rico they would increase because of the makeup of those two constituencies democratic representatives wow, you talk
0: a major country. change in 2 years yeah. more supreme court justices no filibuster and more states holy crap the
1: senate goes democrat the country will veer is not a strong enough word no, but it will no. veer left it will be like a hockey player digging his skates in and reversing direction on a dime uh, but I guess we'll we'll find out together. Gary Dietrich at Gary Dietrich on the Twitter machine. Gary, I wish we had more time, but uh, we certainly have uh, you know many days before the election. Let's check in again.
2: Okay, guys. Talk to you soon.
1: Always because. delightful. Thank you.
0: Yeah, I I really think people are putting too much emphasis on the the Trump part of the election and not enough on what happens with the Senate.
1: Well, we become worshipful of the presidency and fixated on the on the office of the president to solve all our problems and bring us a utopia. It's just
0: dumb. It's so simple, man Can you imagine the legislation that will get passed if you only need 50 votes? Oh. Holy cow. Yeah, and a lot of it will not be
1: undone either. Gun laws, education, all oh. kinds of stuff.
2: Look out! Armstrong and Getty.